Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Advantage Connors. Coming to you from the desert, as mm-hmm. always, your co-host, Brett Connors, here with my uh, my homie, my co-host, Jimmy Connors. What's going on? Well, we're in the desert. I was expecting a little uh, warmer weather. We got a little a little chill in the air down here this evening, but uh, we have a full moon. We had a, we've had a good day. We made the trip down here. Nothing happened, all smooth, and got down to the, to the home where we're staying with our friend who is going to be coming on shortly anyway. Mm-hmm. Went over, got our credentials over at the stadium, watched a little bit of uh, tennis, some pretty good tennis. I, mm-hmm. don't, I don't think that uh, we're going to... First round coverage. The first round coverage yeah. is right. Uh, had a great dinner at Nobu. Yes, sir. So might as well throw out a shout out to Nobu. Thanks for a <laughs> great evening. And now back at uh, back at the house. But, you know, uh, this is where it all started for us with this podcast, Brett, uh, that uh, it's been, what, Almost three years mm-hmm. to the day. 2020, almost right. to the day. You're to, right. To the day that uh, we came down uh, and, and had a great interview with Mike Tyson, who was our very first and, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of set us on our way and, and got us uh, juiced up about uh, continuing on and, and, you know, making the podcast come out to, to, to what it is today. And, uh, you know, we're, and we're on a roll too, by the way, uh, you know, we're every week we're, you know, have a lot to talk about. We're throwing out a podcast every week and, you know, a lot of our followers and, and, uh, people that are interested in our podcast throwing in questions some, and stuff. Yeah. Questions. So it's been great. Yeah. Uh, I agree. This, uh, is where it all started. We did Mike Tyson down here. And I remember when we were driving down, we got the news that everything was shutting down. Right. Exactly. And so we didn't know if Mike was going to still be here and, and all that, but he, he was here and that kind of kicked off the, uh, the pod for us as far as guests. And, uh, we're back down here. We got, uh, our credentials, hoping to play a little golf, uh, do some, some podcasting, uh, watch a little tennis, eat a lot of food, uh, watch a little Gail Monfie over there. Uh, he looks like he's a little rusty. It was a bummer to see that, um, the tour misses having him around. Um, watched a little of uh, our guy Daniel Medvedev mm-hmm. practicing. practice, right? Wasn't that fun? He didn't play against. He was just doing drills. So it was just him out there kind of grunting and uh, <laughs> hitting some crazy forehands and backhands. 
But uh, yeah, Nobu was amazing. I'm stuffed and I'm uh, ready to do our little preview show. We're down here for the weekend and uh, we're staying with our buddy, um, Richie Bree. Yep. He's been nice enough to open his doors and uh, treat us very nicely, letting us stay here and crash the house with all of our podcasting equipment. And uh, let's welcome him on right now. Richie, how are you? Welcome to Advantage Connors. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Well, I, I want to uh, start out right away that, uh, you know, Richie uh, uh, is, a, is a member of uh, the Montecito Club where, uh, where we have been members for uh, quite a long time. So uh, we're golf buddies, mm -hmm. but, but also uh, he's from St. Louis. Yeah. And so we have a, a deep connection there, a, a lot of mutual friends, and even more so than, than being golf buddies. He's a tennis fanatic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to come down for this tournament here in Palm Springs to be able to stay with him and it is and he welcomed us in his home and and uh, we're we're invading you. We, we you know not only do we bring our clubs and our clothes and our podcast equipment, but you got us too, Richie. So All good. Know, yeah. Thanks uh, thanks for being a part of it and thanks for joining us. All good. I think I've been 20 years or so going to this tournament, so it's uh it's it's a great tournament, and it's a lot easier than New York or Paris or London. You know, it's right here. It's near L.A., near Montecito, and you just drive out, and it's normally perfect weather, and you got everybody here. So, 20 years, what have you noticed that has changed the most about the tournament? Well, I mean, I think at the very beginning, you know, Ellison, obviously, his purchase of it made it, first class all the way and you just mentioned nobu and you know we just walked the grounds tonight and i mean it is pristine it is every inch of it is perfect i mean back in the day it was nice but not quite to the level that it is now so, mm -hmm. so let me let me ask you this though richie you know you said you know we watched we walk the grounds everything is pristine and there's so much to do yeah there's shops there's restaurants there's bars there's uh, you know, anything and everything that you want is, is that, uh, is that kind of taken over though? Uh, is it, 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 I hope it's not distracting from the tennis, I guess is my point. Or is I, it? I don't think so. I mean, I think that they have to do certain things to compete with other tournaments. And I think that the, you know, promotional stuff and the clothing stores and the sponsors and the things are all promoting the tennis. Right. So I don't, you know, it doesn't, make me feel like it sort of bastardized the tennis that much. You still have the matches going on and you still have the first few days where there's a lot of matches on outer courts and you can oh, yeah. walk around and, you know, see everything that you want to see. And then as the tournament progresses, it goes in the stadium only. And so to me, it's a little less appealing. You know, you might get a bad match later thinking it's going to be a great match or somebody's injured or whatever. So the beginning's kind of the best part yeah. and the most exciting part where you can go court to court and visit. You hear there's exciting match going on on an outer court and you go over there and it's, it's, you know, a great match with people, you know, you wouldn't even think that would be a great match, but it is. So yeah. I don't really think it takes away from the, from the tennis all that much, but yeah, I think uh, I think you're right because people need places to eat, and then like the shopping is just pushing the different brands and all the companies that that are tennis brands anyway. Um, and sometimes you get a stinker match, like you know? tonight, right? And sometimes you need some stuff to do before that next match gets out there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, it's it's interesting. You you said you've been coming here for 20 years, and and uh, 
I, I go back even further than that. You know, when uh, when this tournament was at Mission Hills, and then it went over to La Quinta, and then you know now it's finally found its home where it is right now. You know, and and I was participating in 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 those events uh, and in growing this tournament. And it's interesting uh, for me to see just how uh, uh, important and and huge this this event has become. It's almost like the fifth slam. Yeah, uh, and and it's taken over. But this is the first year in you're probably 20 years that you're not going to have uh, a Federer, a Nadal, or a Djokovic. Yep, yep. No, I th I think the whole future of tennis is in question in terms of losing, you know, those people that you just mentioned, and how the new people are going to step in and take that place is questionable. I don't really see a lot of personality. Um, in some of the, you know, in the players as much. And certainly, like in your era where, you know, you got per people not liking each other or arguments or line calls or kind of the fun stuff of tennis back then. I don't know what it's going to be like with no line judges, no officials. I mean, we looked on the court tonight. It's just ball kids and computers. So it's almost like AI has taken tennis over too, where nobody can say anything about a line call or something, you know, yeah. going on. It's so taking those confrontations out of the game by I mean, doing if, that. If you lose those big stars, yeah. and I don't know, I don't know how it's gonna. Well, it, it, I mean, someone will fill that void. You know, Alcaraz got a lot of personality and it's fun to watch. Mm -hmm. You know, the guys that will step up and start winning slams because the other guys are gone will have opportunities to become that, you know, once the stage is theirs. And, you know, we'll see. Like guys like Tsitsipas have a lot of, you know, personality. Medvedev, you know, yeah. you get him going. He's one of the funniest guys out there on tour with sound bites, curios when he's healthy. But um, I think you're right. We're definitely in like a transition time of tennis where this old guard, we talk about it all the time, you know, where they keep playing, they keep winning Djokovic and all these guys. So it's hard to, you know, to push them off because they're still here, but eventually it's going to happen. And eventually all these other players are going to have the opportunity to, you know, fill that void and, and become those big stars if they choose to. One of the things I love about Green Chef is how many options you have to choose from. With over 30 plus weekly recipes to choose from, you can mix and match all kinds of different dietary preferences and put them all in the same box. Vegan one day, keto the next, protein the next. Doesn't matter. There's options galore, and that's what I love. Also, I love how easy it is. I don't have a lot of time, and I'm on the go. My girlfriend's on the go. Both got busy jobs, busy lives. So the fact that we can come home, all the recipes and stuff that we've picked out, they're ready for us in one box, one easy way to get it all done. We love unpacking the box all the time and seeing what we've got, what is in the recipes, you know, what is the great stuff that we're going to be able to unpack this time? And love the fact that it's sustainable. Everyone's talking about the environment, global warming's a big topic, and I don't want to do anything that's going to add to the problem. So the fact that Green Chef is so great, so sustainable, that they offset 100% of their carbon footprint, as well as 100% of the plastic in every one of their boxes, very important and very cool to me. I love Green Chef. I'm going to admit it, I'm not the best cook in the world. My girlfriend usually handles that, but when it's Green Chef, 
I can take it into my hands a little more. I'm a little more confident because they help set me up to not fail. I love the recipes they come up with. They make me look like a hero and my girlfriend loves it too. Go to greenchef.com slash Connors 60 and use code Connors 60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, we, and we've talked about this a lot, Brett, that I, I would prefer to see these young guys step up and move them aside uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, Federer is retired now, right. uh, uh, Rafa's injured, mm-hmm. uh, and, and also, you know, his life has changed also. He's just yeah. uh, just had a baby and, and uh, you know, just, you know, where, where does tennis uh, you know, as, as much as you want to say, well, it's still my passion, you know, all of a sudden now, you know, you've got not only your tennis, but you got your family and you've got this and you've got that going through your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Djokovic. Uh, with, well, with, what do you think about them not letting him play? Well, I mean, that's, you know, to me, uh, you know, Biden said, you know, the, the pandemic's over. I thought it was over. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Well, in a lot of other countries, yeah. they've dropped a lot of the the restrictions or the mandates and and it was, I thought it was kind of funny that literally the day or two before they made the decision on whether he could come here, right? the U.S. Open, Indian Wells, and Miami's Twitter accounts all put out this, oh, you know, Novak Djokovic is, you know, an amazing athlete, great for the sport, blah, blah, blah. He should be allowed into the country, blah, blah, blah. And you're like looking at it like the day before is when you just, right. you finally step up and like say something supporting the guy or like, well, once you actually see your bottom line might get affected negatively, then you all of a sudden say it, you know, do you actually believe it? You know, where have you been these last year or so? I just thought that was kind of a little ironic. They, they've had it. some major politicians step up in his favor. You right. Know, and, DeSantis, and, I think, said uh, something, that, right? Well, DeSantis said, uh, I, I guess, you know, him, uh, Djokovic being able to come in here, he cannot fly in here. I, that's that's what I understand. Okay. So DeSantis said, you know, we'd love to have him play in the Miami tournament. He says, if he wants to fly to Cuba, I'll send a boat to bring him back over here. Yeah. You know, which, <laughs> you, you know, which could be, you know, pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for, for Novak, I mean, just, just look at the position that, that, uh, uh, that he is in, that, that he's put his in, uh, himself in. And, and, and Richie, you know, answer this also. I mean, that, that athlete who is, first of all, he's had COVID twice. And he's probably one of the finest tuned athletes in any sport. Right. Uh, you know, and, and he has put himself in such a position of honor, you know, that, that, that he has stood up for his beliefs. And, and, and you know, we've, we've been a, a fan of his because of that uh, on this show, yeah. on, this pat, on this podcast. And, and the way he has gone about it, I mean, he, you know, he flew to Australia when he wasn't allowed to play in Australia and, and dealt, with you know, all that. dealt with all that. And then he was here in the, in the States before they, I guess, right. you know, told, him to tur- 2020, told him to tur- lost in 2021 to, to Medvedev right. in the final, had the one where he hit the ball lady, remember or the Lions lady in 2020. So that was all during it. 
Um, I mean, we've talked about that. Yeah, I, I think it's it's silly, and, and they're probably going to, like, change the rule in a month, and then it'll be, like, okay for him to come, but it'll be too late then. Right, to but, come here, but it won't be too late for him to go to the U.S. Open. Yeah, to the U.S. Open. Right. So but, what, what, what do you think, Richie? I mean, I have to agree with you. I think the guy stood up for what he believes, and one step further than that, I think that there have been articles and things that I've read that they don't really link health vaccines as much anymore anyway they're not sure that the people that actually took the vaccines were healthier than the people that didn't mm-hmm. and so if that's being questioned if really we don't know and then there's also obviously the articles that the vaccine was harmful you know to some people right. definitely the whole conversation around it has changed you feel like in, in the last year or so it's just weird to see the the rules kind of still being frozen in place right you know, you know, or, but, but you know, from my from my standpoint, from a from a tennis fan, and you know, loving this tournament and and Miami and you know the all the, tournament, the sport in general, the sport in general to keep the best player out, uh, it, you know, seems to be uh, you know almost cutting your nose off to spite your face. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's he's is he's, he's such an attraction, and and you know the way he goes about his business and and what he's chasing is, is the best. Uh, the best right. record of, of Grand Slams and, uh, you know, out of, out of anybody, yeah. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, it's just kind of uh, crazy that that would happen. Hopefully it's a bummer because I was hope, we were hoping to get him. Oh, we're we're down here trying to get some pods. I'd love to have him on here with us. On. And uh, the list isn't that long. There's some, you know, a, f- a few players we'd love to have some coaches and Joe Novak would definitely be on that list. So we're just a little bummed that we'll have to wait till next time. But uh, yeah. so, <laughs> what can you do? Well, well, tell yeah. me what you think about this weekend. What are we going to do? Where we're golfing? We're playing some nice courses. We're going to watch a little tennis. Who do you guys like in the tournament? This, the courts have been slow and gritty the last couple of years, kind of favoring some, you know, slower ball. Ego won here last year. Fritz, the American one. He's top five talent. Um, how's Alcaraz going to do? He's kind of been a, a little beat up with some injuries. He's the number one seed still. Medvedev's won three titles in a row. What are you guys? What are you guys thinking? I got it. You got to say Medvedev is the favorite. I mean, if he's won three tournaments in a row, we saw him hitting tonight. I mean, he's looked pretty healthy to me. So, I mean, he's got to be the front runner. But mm-hmm. I, I didn't know about the injuries you're talking about. But that's Alcaraz. Yeah, that's Alcaraz. I'm just yeah, Medvedev. I think has got to be one of the favorites. I just wonder, do these are these courts slower and gritty enough to where that would affect him? Because while we were watching him at the practice course, you said it. You're like, he hits a flat ball. Right. You know, and you like, you flat ball player, taking time away from the opponent, taking it early, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, he plays like that. And normally on a hard court, you would think that would be good. But I wonder, is it so gritty where that's going to affect him a little bit? Yeah, a flatter ball, the ball should be shooting through the court a little bit uh, quicker and a little bit lower. But, you know, it seems, you know, and, and it's it seems every week we talk about how all the courts are playing the same uh, the ball's bouncing higher and you know because they all hit with so much top spin and and the the ball's coming up you know almost right into their hitting zone mm-hmm. uh, and and but but he seems to be able to take the ball a little early uh not quite as early as is uh, uh Novak Djokovic but pretty darn early to where he can uh, counteract a lot of that. Uh, catch the ball a little bit earlier before it takes the spin, bounces so high. So it gives him a chance to move forward a little bit more. But, it, you know, out, 
Alcaraz, you know, the way he plays. And, you know, you got Sitsipas, you got Sinner, you've got Rouge, you've got uh, Runa. Runa. Yeah, I mean, you've got. Yubi. You got a lot Felix. of Felix. Yeah, Felix. A lot of young guys. A lot of young guys who who now I would you know, and we, I talk about this so much, but nobody's doing it yet. So, come on, step <laughs> up and start winning these you know one thousands and and these these grand slams and start building your own legacy uh, now while those uh, Djokovic and Nadal are still in the game, right? So that you can say you know, I won that tournament. I won Wimbledon. I took it from the him. US, I took it from him. Right. Right. Exactly right. Right. I like that. Yeah, I think it's uh it's gonna be a fun tournament. On the women, it's hard to say to bet against Iga, just because you know she likes the conditions and she's been playing pretty well. Um Barbora Krychikova, I kinda wonder. She likes the the clay, but she's a, a good hardcore player, can thump it, and we'll see how she does. But um yeah, I think uh, well, oh, here's what I want to say. What do you think about Fritz having to defend? Mm, All those points. So he's top five. He's like fourth ranked here because no Djokovic. So everyone moves up one. Um, what do you think? He's got to defend a thousand points. Last year, he kind of, you know, stunk, snuck up on people. <clears throat> Since last year, he's kept it up. He's won another two or three titles. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's won already this year in Delray. Uh, so what do you think? Do you think Fritz is, is going to be a player who's going to stick around top five, top 10 and be consistent and, and, and be able to play when, you know, when people are, you know, you always say it's different to sneak up on people than to when everyone's gearing up for you. Right. Well, you know, when, when you're, when you're supposed to win, it's different. You know, now he's supposed to win. You know, he's proven that uh, with, with winning here last year and, and staying on the role of, you know, winning in uh, Delray. When was that? That's had to be three or four weeks ago now. Mm -hmm. So, last month. you know, his game should be, you know, kind of just rolling into shape right now. And, and he's a hardcore player. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, but, but once again, you know, he, he's expected to, uh, you know, when you, when, when you don't have anything to lose, it's easy to go out and freewheel it, you know, and, and to, you know, and to be able to play under that pressure, it, it, all that's going to do is give him the experience that, that will, uh, be good for him down the road, you know, at a Wimbledon or at a U.S. Open, mm -hmm. you know, to come through uh, under the, the, those, uh, strenuous situations and it, it's going to be interesting to watch him. I mean, he's, he's got the game. He's got the big game, and he's proven that. So When he uh, seems to be, like, he's improved. He's taken those steps, you know, where you're always like, okay, now, you know, do it in a 250. Okay, 250 title. Now do it in a five. Okay, and then he wins a Masters 1000, you know. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of been, now make top five, top ten, now five, you know. Right. So he um, seems like he's been building and doing well, working with Paul Anacone and, and, and his team, so I'm excited to see it. He would have a tough matchup potentially in the second round against young Ben Shelton. Oh, that could be a fun popcorn match. If uh, I think if Shelton wins his first round, what do you think? Have you watched? Did you watch any last year when Fritz made his run here? I did. I thought that was like a miracle thing. Apparently he was hurt and played in the finals and beat Nadal. And I think Nadal was a little beat up. I just watched his match in Acapulco against Tommy Paul. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, you know, did battle. And I, you know, got to tell you, I just don't like his body language when it gets... Fritz or Paul? Fritz. Fritz, okay. You know, I just think he's kind of down on himself still and slouchy and I don't know. I, mean, I feel I, like I, I, I see what you're saying. Some people have said that before. I wonder if that's just like the way he carries himself. Maybe. You know, because like he sometimes will look that way when he's winning. 
You know, yeah. like I think, uh, but that match was crazy with Paul. They were throwing up and then cramping and back and forth. <laughs> and then they were just, you know, fluid, yeah. pounding fluids to try and rehydrate. Um, and it went down to a tiebreaker in the end, and it looked like Fritz got hurt a little bit. So mm -hmm. he had some injury at the very end, which I don't know if that spills over now. I don't, I don't know how bad yeah. that was. But. Damn, the year's just started. You can't get hurt. The year's just starting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the yeah, year just bad. keeps going. It just, right. it's almost 11 like months, you said, right? 11 months. There really isn't that Crazy. much of an off-season because even when you look in December, the guys will go and play like exhibitions or some of these other kind of events that go on in the off-season. And then, you know, first of the year, they're down under ready to rock. So, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Fritz, is, Fritz will have a chance. That Sheldon match will be fun. Um but they both so, got to get there first. Fritz gets a bye. So oh, Sheldon, well, Sheldon needs to right. win his first round match. I think he plays tomorrow. I uh, have to check that out. What's better than finding quality candidates? Finding them instantly. For a powerful hiring partner, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, Assessments, and Virtual Interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed's employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. One of the things I love about Indeed is the Instant Match. If I'm looking to find somebody for a job, I do not have a lot of time to deal with it, and it feels like Indeed is there for me to do all the legwork. The more time I can save while still finding a quality candidate, that's for me. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows that when you're doing everything for your company, you can't afford to overspend on hiring. Visit Indeed.com slash Connors to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash Connors. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another guy who plays tomorrow that I think we might be interested in going over and watching a little of is your bionic hip friend. Ah. Uh. Who's Andrew that? Murray? I'm, ah. I'm, I'm interested to, uh, in person. You know, I've watched him uh, on TV, mm -hmm. but in person, I want to see how he moves and and uh, how, how he is able to go out and compete at that level like that. How with, much it hurts with, you to watch him yes, play? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, three times as bad. Right. I'm just saying it's going to hurt you, I think, to watch yeah, him out there that, doing that. But but it, it's, it's amazing to me. I mean, I, I know after I had my first surgery, that's the last thing I wanted to do was yeah. to go, you know, and, and, and try to play, you know, at that level again. And, and uh, you know, but he seems to have, you know, found a, a stride you know, that, that kind of wiggles around that. I, and, and, you know, that to me is, is what I want to look at, you know, yeah. is movement, you know, and how, and, and, you know, moving forward and backward never hurt me, but moving side to side was tough. Yeah. You know, we, we, we had some questions tonight at the match when we were watching Gail mm -hmm. and I'm curious to ask Jimmy right now, what is the motivation factor as you get older? Maybe you have a kid, maybe you've made money, maybe you're Murray and you've already had success. What drives people to just keep going? And do, is it sustainable? 
to basically go out there, you know, day after day, month after month, year after year, when you've already proven yourself because Jimmy did it. I mean, you're, he's 40 years old or close to 40 years old, you know, at the U S open, you know, entertaining everybody mm -hmm. motivated, wanting to win. And I just see a lot of guys that lose the motivation. And so how do you teach motivation? You don't, yeah. you, you don't, it's the passion. And, and after you win the titles and, and uh, you make the money and, and all that, all that almost becomes secondary. You know, it's going out and trying to reach that level that you're used to uh, playing at. It, and, and that's, you know, being among the top, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six in the world. Uh, but it's the passion, you know, the passion for it, uh, what it takes to, you know, that little extra training and that little extra what, whatever it takes to get you to that level. Uh, and, and, and believe me, the older that you get, the, the harder that is because, it, it, because you have so many distractions that come around. So, you know, what drove me was, was competing against guys who were 15, 16, 18 years younger and, and putting my game and, and what I had in me against that, the new generation. You know, and, and how long it would take them to move me aside and, and, and take over. You know, and, and after a while, you're willing to say, God damn, please, <laughs> you know, yeah. please, please, you know, it's hurting. So, you know, it's too much now. I can't do it anymore. And, 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 fine, and they did. You know, that was Sampras and that was Courier and that was Chang and that was Agassi and that was Edberg and that was Vlander and that was Becker. And, you know, you want me to keep going? No, uh, I get it. Yeah. So, yeah, it, but, but they, but they moved me aside. Uh, and, and so for me, you know, to, to go out there and, and to, to pit my game and my attitude and, and, and all that, that got me to the top against, against the new breed coming up. That was the fun part of it. And just to see how long I could last, Yeah. you know, age gets everybody. It catches everybody, no matter, no matter what you do and what sport, whatever. Father time. Yeah. So, you know, you just try to ward it off because I want to say this, Richie, there's nothing like playing tennis. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like the travel, the fame, the, the everything that goes along with it. Because once it's gone, it's over. Yeah. You know, there's no thinking, well, I'm going to take a couple of years off here, you know, and try to come back. That doesn't happen because there's always these young guys coming up you know, wanting to take your place that, you know, that, and that's what we're talking about. That's what we hope for, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, uh, it's, there's nothing like it. And, and, you know, once it's over, you know, for me, I didn't have one, what if every time I trained, I trained, you know, 110%. Every time I played, I, I tried to play 110% so that now I'm sitting here, I'm comfortable, you know, yeah. and, and, and trying to, and, and being proud of these new kids that are trying to do the same thing. So it's, uh, yeah, there's nothing like it. If I could do it over again, I'd do it just the same way. But, uh, uh, oh, wait a minute. Let me think twice about that. <laughs> so I got a question, Richie. Uh, you know, between the, the, the men and the women at the tournament, who are you looking to, to, to watch? I mean, we, do, you, do you like watching the women more or the men more? Who? I think I like watching the men a little bit more. I mean, it's, there's some great women's matches, but I really think – you know, the men are, are more fun for me to watch. But again, that match, we, we watched the match tonight, and it just was lackluster. You know, it was... Yeah, early round match, and 
Gail coming back from injuries and stuff. Hopefully it starts getting a little better tomorrow. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think it will. You know, Rich, Richie's from uh, from St. Louis. Uh, I'm, I'm from right across the river in St. Louis in a little town in Illinois. So most of my tennis was was played in, in St. Louis. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people really understand uh, just what tennis over the uh, over the past number of years, what St. Louis has been to tennis, and and the champions that it's produced, and 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 the the amount of interest that St. Louis has in the game, you know, not not only you know forty fifty years ago, but even now today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it was a, an amazing tennis place to grow up. My my father was a tennis player. Was the St. Louis champion when he was 16 years old and played college tennis at Brown University. And so I grew up with tennis there. And then we were talking earlier tonight about some of these people, Dwight Davis and, you know, that everyone knows Davis Cup, but nobody really knows the history of how that started or where that came from. The first indoor court in the world ever built is in St. Louis, you know, right in Ladue where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And it's an old, looks like an old cave. I mean, it's the craziest thing you've ever seen. You walk in and it's this indoor tennis court. And apparently it was the first one ever, you know, constructed. And then you've got uh, the armory where Jimmy, you know, learned to play tennis. And, you know, we talked earlier tonight about the basketball court floors. And I guess one of the reasons that you learned to take the ball early and not wait like some of these guys do, you know, that, that aren't successful doing it is on a basketball floor. The ball doesn't even bounce. Mm-hmm. So we're talking going, Skips. going back, you know, his generation, our generation in St. Louis, where you're, you don't even have a real surface. It's mm-hmm. a tennis surface to play on and you're playing on a basketball gym floor. And so now some developers have redone the armory into a giant sports center and, you know, dedicating it to a Hall of Fame in St. Louis where Jimmy's going to go back and, you know, hopefully speak and get, get an award or, you know, be be back at the armory where it all began. So it's kind of neat, the St. Louis, and I don't even know half of the history that you do about the St. Louis stuff or how many people are interested in that, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, well, St. Louis was a big tennis town, and it created... Uh, you know, out, out of St. Louis came many champions, you know, uh, Wimbledon champions, uh, uh, you know, city champions, Missouri Valley champions, you know, uh, uh, champions throughout, you know, in, in the 18 and under and, and so forth, uh, men and women. And, and uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, growing up there, it, it was almost like in my college days where I could have played two weeks in a row twice a day and never played the same person twice. And that's the way it was in St. Louis. I mean, there was so much action and, and so many players, you know, uh, my own age and, and uh, older that would, you know, uh, give me a chance to hit with them and stuff. It was it was an amazing place to grow up. And, you know, then, then moving to California, well, you know, a lot of things happened and started for me then. But it was, uh, it was a good place to be from, I, I, I will say. And, 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 and you and, also. Yeah, and then L.A., you're saying, was a mecca in its own right back then too with all the you know players coming out of there and UCLA and you know what a great history we were talking old LA stories with uh, you know Lakers and Celtics and Chick Hearn and mm-hmm. tennis and I mean it's it's you know between St. Louis and LA 
it was really almost if you had to map it out on, you know, where to be to play tennis, it, it's like kind of the perfect roadmap, you know? Well, it feels like LA and California was what Florida kind of is now back exactly. then. Yeah, exactly. Where like everything became Florida because then people realized, Hey, it's halfway to Europe. It's closer for people, South America, or, you know, all around, it's a bit easier place to access. But when I hear you tell it and knowing Poncho and Spencer and, and, and everybody out here, that it seems like, you know, everyone out here came to play the good competition. That, so you would get good right. as far as you could in your local area or state. And then eventually you'd have to come out to where all the big boys were big girls well, the, the and, other thing and like too, play the, against the real competition. The other thing too, you're not saying is obviously Florida and California were 12 month a year practice mm -hmm. places. Warm St. Louis. One of the reasons that we talked about the armory or these first indoor facilities, I mean, it was cold in the winter. Mm -hmm. You couldn't really play year round. When I grew up, people were playing, you know, soccer, basketball, football, baseball, and tennis, you know, all simultaneously. And now, you know, kids pick a sport when they're two and stick with that sport. And so California afforded, you know, these kids that grew up there to play year round. Mm -hmm. And so you really got months and months more of practice than you would if you grew up in the Midwest or Chicago or, you know, some freezing, you know, place Northeast or something, you had an advantage. You just, mm -hmm. it, it's summer all year round, really. Yeah. And it's funny, a couple of weeks ago when we had our blizzard week, remember our blue, we had mm -hmm. the blizzard in the mountains that there was a lot of people in the LA area, like coming to, for the West coast swing. Cause there's like Monterey. And then some people took that week off or they, they played, uh, Acapulco, you know, and, and Pam Shriver was doing the TV a tennis channel and she was trying, she works with Donna Vekic and they were trying to get on court to work together. And because it kept raining and raining and raining, there's no indoor courts anywhere in like LA. Right. Yeah. And a few people hit me up like, Hey, do you know if there's an indoor court? And I was like, I don't think there is. Right? <laughs> I don't know where one is. <laughs> yeah, throw not a tarp in, up not or anymore. something. Not but, anymore. Uh, but, uh, they got one day and they got on the court and then Vekic went out and won that tournament last week. So shout out Pam Shriver for, uh, being a good coach. Yeah, figuring it out. Yeah, but one day yeah. is all she needed to bring home the title. It's pretty impressive. Well, what what are you looking for for uh, you know for for this week or, or throughout the course? Yeah, of what the do tournament? you want to see these two weeks? I want to play some good golf. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm tired of losing to Jimmy. Talk to me about where we're playing this weekend. So we're okay. down here to do podcasts, but we're also here to play a little golf. Yeah, yes. golf's kind of our big thing. We're lined up to play the a couple good days in a row. Tell me about it. Okay, so I mean. Um, I didn't know this, but Jimmy's had years of playing at La Quinta Country Club, which is a great club, which is located right near the tennis stadium, mm -hmm. right down the street. And we're going to play there tomorrow. And we got a great guy sponsoring, you know, member there that's bringing us to play. And then the next day, Friday, we're going to what I feel, I've, I'm a pretty new golfer, so I haven't been everywhere but pound for pound, I think it's the number one golf course I've ever seen that I've ever played at called the quarry, Okay. which the history of that is a guy was, that was super passionate about golf actually took a quarry mm. and bought the quarry and transformed it into a golf course with waterfalls. And, you know, one of the things that fascinates me about golf is people go on and on about Riviera being such a great golf course. To me, it kind of looks like a public golf course. You go up Oof, and down. Don't let Ben Hogan is yeah. spinning right now. Sorry. I mean, I'm a member of Riviera, so it's, it's not that I'm, you know, dissing. Yeah. 
but there's no water. There's no special, you know, beautiful mm-hmm. landscaping, you know, uh, uh, whatever. When you go to the quarry, and I'll be interested in your opinion. Maybe you'll talk about it on your next All right. podcast. But, I mean, they have... It's magnificent. You're up in the mountains. It's streams and waterfalls and lakes. And it's every hole is sort of like a work of art, not only from the golf course part of it, but also, you know, from just a natural beauty. It's just amazing course. Um, Sounds like you know it pretty well, so you'll be giving us some shots. <laughs> a few shots from and, and, Jimmy told me there, there's a, no a such balls. Yeah, there's <laughs> some extras. <laughs> Uh, and then the next day, we're going to play at the Plantation, mm. which is also out in La Quinta. All these are or pretty close area. to the tennis stadium. Yeah. And uh, the Plantation is an all-men's palm tree. It, it was a palm tree plantation. Okay. And they converted the palm tree plantation into a golf course. Oh, wow. So that's kind of a neat one, too. I'm excited. Yep. Yeah. I'm ready to play. So uh, maybe we should kind of not go too long, get, get a good night's sleep. What do you think? I think uh, we've <laughs> had a good day so far. We yeah. might as well continue it on tomorrow morning. And if we get a good night's sleep, uh, uh, that would be even better. But in the meantime, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at Jimmy Connors. Yeah. You can, you, you, you can follow us at, at, at ADV Connors. Ooh. Oh, no, uh, no, that's yep. right. You're right. Yep. Silky uh, smooth. Yep, silky smooth. <laughs> uh, at Advantage Connors. Yeah. And follow Brett at uh, Brett underscore Connors that's on Twitter. Me. And uh, add listen, you on I've, Facebook. I've, throw yeah. us some questions. Throw us some questions. Tell us your picks for Indian Wells. Let us know what you think. If anybody out there wants to jump on the pod with us, we'll be out there on site. So uh, give us a tap on the shoulder and let us know what you're thinking. Yeah, I, we've got a couple in mind. I think I'm going to throw them out to a couple friends over there, see if they could make help, it happen. Uh, help make that happen for us. But uh, I'm looking forward to a great three or four days here, not only on the golf course, but around the tennis with my friends and uh Tune in next time. Sounds good, Richie. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.